everybody, Larry Powell here, your host for Studio HFL. And this is unusual for me right now because this is actually an introduction for someone who interviewed me recently, and that's Luis Carlos of Trumpet Player Portugal. This interview was done back on uh, September 28th, 2020. And the first time anybody has actually ever interviewed me, it was a lot of fun to be on the other side of the microphone for a little bit. So I hope you enjoy it. But as always, first, this. Continued interviews from Studio HFL are made possible through the support of Messina Covers, Eastman Music Company, Pickett Blackburn, S.E. Shires, and through the generosity of Patreon subscribers. Trumpet players can be kind of picky when it comes to cases, perhaps even more so than other brass instrumentalists. If you have an idea for a custom case, then Messina Covers has your solution for completely custom case designs, even down to crazy color schemes. Let's not forget about options for mouthpiece pouches, or pretty much anything you'd want to keep protected in a custom case. Check them out at MessinaCovers.net. If you're looking for excellence in trumpets, trombones, horns, and tubas, you need look no further than the Eastman Music Company and S.E. Shires. Eastman offers a complete line of brass instruments, from the beginner all the way up to the professional. And you know they're invested in creating a quality product when the legendary Doc Severinsen helped design Eastman's beginner trumpet model. You can find more information about the Eastman Music Company at EastmanWinds.com, and you can learn more about the S.E. Shires line of instruments at SEShires.com. Pickett Blackburn has established themselves as a top-tier resource for trumpet players. If you haven't had a chance to try any mouthpieces available through Pickett, you can check them out online at PicketBlackburn.com. And on the Blackburn side of Pickett Blackburn, it would be worth your while to check out their incredible line of trumpets endorsed by such great musicians as Vince DiMartino. Be sure to check them out at PicketBlackburn.com, and that's Pickett with two T's. And before today's interview, just a reminder that you too can be a financial supporter for this podcast by subscribing at patreon.com slash studiohfl. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash studiohfl. There are four tiers of support, and you can choose the one that best fits your budget. Your support will help offset the cost of production for this podcast and would be greatly appreciated please consider becoming a subscriber at patreon.com slash studiohfl. And now, on to today's interview with your host, Larry Powell. Hello. Hi there. I'm so sorry I'm late. I, it's four o'clock here, and, and I, but I, I'm glad I saw the link pop up there. All right. So it, it's one hour earlier than I thought it was. That's okay. I'm here. I, so I'm sure. All good. Yeah, absolutely. Are you sure? Absolutely. Cool. So, hi, Larry. Uh, first, nice to meet you, and it's an honor for me to have you here <laughs> and to all the Portuguese people uh, watching us. So, um, I, I've seen a lot about you uh, by other people's pictures. So, like Rex, and then I saw you with Vincent, and then then I saw you with Doc Everson. So, <laughs> and then I went after your your work. I knew I knew you a bit, but not that well wow wow <laughs> can you tell us a bit about you where did you start your career and how how you did start on the music well I, you know i actually thought about this not long ago i started 1978 uh seventh grade band and then it was uh, not until 1982 that i actually had my first trumpet lesson 
Oh, right. And that was with Vince DiMartino. Oh, wow. And that was at the University of Kentucky. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I needed to have a teacher. And how fortunate I was to have been able to have Vince as my first teacher. Exactly. And, and we've been lifelong wow. friends. Uh, you know, uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm considering writing a book about him because I, I just love him. I, I admire him. He's, well, you know, he's wonderful. <laughs> he is. I, I had an interview with him already, and, and I, I don't know. He, he has that kind of personality that it, it, it makes you feel almost like a father, in it? If he's your father. Uh, but he's instantly. You, you don't need to search that. He's, he's talking to you like if you are his son. And that's awesome, isn't it? And, well, and a best friend. And an encourager. Yes. And... and uh, if he comes around to do a master class anywhere close by, I'll drive and I'm still taking notes on, you know, because every time he has something so wonderful to say, I'll use it for myself, but I'm also going to use it for my students. Exactly. So uh, I started studying with Vince at UK and uh, when I actually started in college in 1984, um, I was not a very good student, so I, I dropped out and went into the service, uh, the Air Force, for a little bit. And uh, when I got back out, I finished my degree in, in here in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, at the same school where I'm teaching right now, where the University of Indianapolis. Awesome. And uh, then I, I finished that degree, and then I did a master's degree with uh, Marvin Perry. He was the principal trumpet of the Indianapolis Symphony for 43 years. And Chappie, well, yeah, and what I learned from Chappie was there's a sense of lyricism. He, he was all about the song and the trumpet, making sure that, you know, I mean, Schlossberg was part of it and uh, just, he, you know, he, he made me uh, create lyrics <laughs> to etudes, even if they were nonsense lyrics, just to create something to, to try to help um, and uh, Dan Gosling, I, I took a semester of, with him. And if you don't know Dan Gosling, I mean, everybody should know the Chop Saver. No, I don't. He's the Chop Saver, he's the chop saver guy, if, uh, if you know what Chop Saver is. Oh, uh, right. The, yeah, I know. The, the leap yeah. bound. Yes. Yes, that's Dan. Dan Gosling. A fabulous okay. trumpet player himself. And uh, so in my, when I was working on my master's degree, that's when I decided... Up to that point, I wanted to be an educator. I wanted okay. to be a, a band director. And that's when I decided I would rather go the performance route. And so I started uh, doing everything I could to, to get to where I should have been. I, I lost a little bit of time, but, um, and I started getting called to substitute in some of these little regional orchestras and before long, I was getting more calls and um, finally an opportunity to audition. And I remember I auditioned the first time and I, I mean, I expected to win that. I'm like, you know, maybe with everybody's first audition, they go in thinking, yeah, I'm going to win this. Yes. <laughs> 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And they were like, thank you. Next. Bye bye. I know that over. feeling as well. <laughs> so, so um, hang on. I'm going to have to move and plug into power here. All right. Um, That's cool. It's, it's, it's no, no worries about that. 
Yes, um, so my son's taking a piano lesson right now, so <laughs> All right. that's why I had to run outside. Uh, let's see. Okay. So you're getting a small tour of my house through all of this too, which is, I think, really funny. Okay. Um, can you still see me all right? Hear me all right? Yes, I can. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so where was I? Oh, orchestras. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, the first audition. Now 44 auditions later, you know, over the years, 44 total auditions. <laughs> I, I've won three of them. And uh, two of those I was appointed, which was nice. Uh, I had subbed there long enough that, that the music director said, uh, would you like to be the principal trumpet? And I said, well, uh, yes, of course. Awesome. And, uh, you know, that's not the way it happens most of the time. I mean, nobody wants to, to practice, practice, practice Petrushka and Mahler excerpts all day long, right? Forever. No. Uh, but I mean, I was, I was practicing that stuff, but it was also nice just to go in and be recognized for my playing and to be invited to just be a part of the orchestra. So uh, there are four small regional orchestras that I'm currently principal trumpet with, three here in Indiana and one down in Kentucky, which is just, it's about a four hour drive yes. south for that one. And uh, the one in Kentucky, I've this, well, if we were gonna have a season this year, it would be my 17th season with them. Um, the other, it's a lot, uh, but it's worth it. The, you know, there's a vibe with a group. You know what it's like to sit down and just love everybody that you're sitting next to. It doesn't matter what music you're playing. It's just you, you go and you have a great time. You make great music. It's a great hang. And then that's the most important. Oh, absolutely. My wife is like, how, how do you keep making that drive? And I said, it's the people, it's worth it. Every single time it's worth it. Exactly. exactly. So, uh, you know, even the orchestras that are 20 minutes away, you know, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing there. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, that's pretty uh, small nutshell of my orchestra stuff. Um, along the way, uh, I, you know, I got this job at the University of Indianapolis. I've been teaching there now, uh, let's see, 13 years. This is my 13th year teaching there. And that was, uh, that I, I want to say it was luck. It wasn't luck. You know, I was prepared. It just so happened. I went, I stopped there one day to use a practice room to warm up. And they said, uh, somebody heard me and said, by the way, you know, we have an opening for a trumpet professor, would you be interested in applying? And I said, uh, well, <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> and uh, it, I came back the next day and taught a sample lesson and did an interview and they hired me. And I've, it's a small school, maybe 100 to 120 music majors. Um, my studio is usually around uh, 10 people, about 10 trumpet players, majors. 
well and small uh, small for the united states because here in europe that's the that's the normal oh <laughs> so, really yeah yes. okay in okay. portugal our my teacher had about five six students maybe in classical music trumpet so you know and i and i can appreciate that i even though i would want more students for the financial part of it i don't know that i would be able to give everybody the same kind of attention exactly and so I, i i appreciate 10 and i don't know that i would be able to keep my performance schedule if i had more students do, do you do you take every student as a different person uh, so you are the kind of guy that go and try to help every single one of them or or you think one way is is good to teach everyone well i will tell you that when i started out i thought there was one way <laughs> yes normal uh, and i learned I, and i learned well and of course you want to be liked too right so you're not very tough on your students in the beginning uh but i've learned very quickly that uh i'm not doing anybody any favors <coughs> if i'm easy on them or if i just give them all the same thing um no each each student comes with different needs some students come to the first lesson they have a beautiful sound they've good range they've good articulation they've got a good sense of style and then there are some that don't but but through the audition process you know i am able to see okay this person has what it's going to take to get them to get to get through four years of undergraduate study All and right. some and sometimes i'm right and sometimes i've been wrong you know there of course there have been some people who realize that a one or two years in that music is not for them yes and i i used to be really offended at that thinking oh my it was my fault that i've scared them away from trumpet but you know i realized that no they've they've discovered that this is not for them they found something else that they can really focus on and and uh so that's okay and i'm and i'm good with that now but i do i do have certain things uh that i think everybody needs to experience when they go through the program i think everybody needs to know haydn everybody needs to know neruda hummel aryutunian yes. schlossberg uh the chikowitz uh arben you know so i make sure that i introduce that charlier i introduce them to all of those <coughs> and even if they can't play all of them i try to get them to where they're at least they understand why that book is used either for the technical or or the lyrical or the flow you know and and really trying to make it so that when they go and teach they can understand what kind of tools they can use for their students and you know it's and i and on that front too i usually use summer times to do a lot of sight reading a lot of method books that i've picked up over the years that i've never looked at until the summer time and then i'll open it up and i'll start reading and i'm thinking oh these are going to be some great etudes for my students or some solos yes. that oh now I'm going to use these for students uh so I'm always trying to grow my own repertoire and my own knowledge of what what is out there because it benefits me and it benefits my students and then it you know hopefully benefits their students and you know exactly. on down the line exactly so um let, let me ask you so you learned with you learned with Vince Di Martino which everyone knows the the monster in a good way is on the mute um but i know i know you have, you have been playing with rex as well how 
How did that happen? And and Doc Severinsen, so you have been on the stage with him as well. How did that? How did you perform with them? So big bands, orchestras, masterclass. How how was that? Well, all of that actually came around. Um, I host a trumpet conference at the University of Indianapolis. All right. And in 2017, uh, Ronald Rom, Aaron Rom, Avis, the the Rom family trio. The Rom trio, yes. Yes, and uh, that was really the first time I had met Ronnie. And talking about another, just what a wonderful human being. I mean, yes. And all three of them, all three of them are, are fantastic. But um, I didn't get to share the stage with Ron on that one. Uh, but the next year, I invited Rex. So, you know, it, my, my opportunity to, to share the stage with these people really is because <laughs> they were part of my They were part of my yeah. uh, uh, conference, but it doesn't matter. Uh, That's awesome. I do the same with this channel. Yeah. I'm meeting people <laughs> here, and then I play with them and I learn with them. So it's, it's the same. That's that's but, great. But you know, I had known about Rex through uh, a group that he used to be in called Rhythm and Brass. Yes. Years ago with Whiff Rudd, yeah, and I I knew him to be just this phenomenal player and. Uh, so he was actually my headliner for this conference, and okay. then and then one of my one of my colleagues said should, we should invite Doc, and I'm like, but I've already got a headliner. So I called Rex and I said, Rex, would you mind sharing the stage with Doc Severinsen? And he was like, Are you kidding me? He said, Absolutely, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I called Doc and and. Yeah, I want to back up just a second. You know, some people are like, how can you call these people out of the blue? You don't know it. But when I was in the service back in the Air Force, I was stationed at the Pentagon. Right. So I was I was working with uh, four-star and three-star generals. You know, I was young and I, I was a really low rank. But what I learned was that you respect those people above you But they're just people, and you know it's easy to strike up a conversation with them. So I, I've taken that with me, and so when somebody says, "Hey, you want to give, uh, you know, Wayne Bergeron a call?" I'm like, "Sure, you know, boom, I'll, I'll yeah. do, I'll reach I'm out." I'm exactly like that. <laughs> so and, and and what usually happens when you do that, right? Yes. They say yes, right? Yes. And, And and so you know I did that with Rex. I did that with Doc. We had a great conference. Um, Rex and I played a piece by Kevin McKee, um, "Under Western Skies," I think was the name of it. And I, I just remember one of the best feelings I had was in rehearsal. Rex and I were standing next to each other, of course, and we finished one movement. And Rex looks at me and he goes, "You are one bad." Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, thanks. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's great to to hear from him, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that totally made uh, made it. And then uh, this was not planned. Uh, Doc, of course, was going to solo, and Rex was going to play the last thing of the night. So, for the big final concert. And so Rex, right before the concert, Rex says to me, "Hey, the last piece we're doing is this tribute to Louis Armstrong." And I finish with, uh, oh, when the saints. <laughs> he says, why don't you come out? He says to me, why don't you come out right before and join me on stage for the finale? I said, great. 
And then he looks at Doc, he says, Doc, you should come out too. You know, and then I'm like, <laughs> wow. So, you know, this was totally unrehearsed on the final concert. So we get to this piece and they start into win the saints. And so I follow Doc out onto stage and there's the three of us, you know, blowing awesome. over, over the end of this. Wow. <laughs> and it, you know, I enjoyed putting the whole conference together. I, all of it and but i never expected that to happen and so that was just like icing on the cake that exactly. was, and and of course uh, uh rex and i have, have i've feel like we're friends you know we're, we're kindred spirits now you know and um i'm trying to get him to come to another conference when and if we can ever do exactly. another conference uh doc uh, I don't know, Doc might be done with, with in-person conferences. You know, he's 93 and protecting his health. Yes. And uh, I just talked to Kathy Leach a couple of days ago. Um, I sent Doc a copy of Ricky Riccardi's new book on Louis Armstrong. I don't know if, if you're familiar with, with this, um, but he just wrote, just wrote this new book. And I knew, of course, Doc knew Louis personally. Well, Louis is my, my ever idol so is my hero so well, i born i born on the same day he died not on the same year but and well, i'm louis and he's louis as well so i ever talk <laughs> i was the, i was like the reincarnation when i grown up my song since i'm a kid is hello dolly every single time i play i need to play hello dolly even if he's on the theater outside on the street i don't care i always play it. awesome yeah yes. and, and well and i there's so many there's so much about Louis Armstrong that I don't know. Most people know the early stuff or the late stuff, and maybe not so much the, the stuff in between. And what I'm finding out is he played everything. Yes. And he played it yes. so well. And, you know, there's, it's like, I've discovered myself, I've discovered Louis Armstrong in a lot of ways for the first time. It's really exciting. But of course, Doc knew him. And so I thought he would enjoy that book. And, uh, so, you know, I got a checkup on him the other day and, you know, he's doing fine. Uh, he's just not going anywhere right now. Yes. So. yes. I, 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 I tried to contact him, but then I will talk with you um, exactly because of an interview. And I, I realized how hard it, it can be at the moment for him. And I was trying to, to take him because of the age. He's one of that players that if we don't interview him now, we don't know if we, if we will have the opportunity in it. Right. The, the world. So he's someone that I really want to to take the chance. Uh, I was about to speak with Rex about him. So let's see um, about coming to Europe, Larry. Have you did you come to Europe any time to play already or to teach or or something like that? Not yet. Um, the, the right. closest I've the closest I've gotten was working on a cruise ship. And okay. That of course that doesn't count because they only played on the ship and not. <laughs> not in port. Well, it, it doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter. A player like you, you can play uh, wherever you want. It's just yeah. a, a question of opportunity. We are. We will make a, a festival in Portugal, um, and for sure, we will always try to bring <laughs> the people that I'm interviewing here. So I will have you in mind to come as well. If if I oh, bring, yeah, yeah, no worries. I, I will. I will try my best to do, and I will go to to the states soon. 
Okay. If I can, if I can with this virus. Uh, <laughs> let me just ask you, I saw your post a few minutes ago before the interview um, about the, the ITG. Uh, all the Portuguese people usually goes to the ITG, but everything is getting cancelled in, in, the, in the States. How is, how is the provision for next year? I don't know yet. Uh, I actually talked to JC, uh, well, I e uh, emailed JC Dobrzewski uh, a few weeks ago And, you know, they're, they're doing what everybody else is doing. They're just waiting to see what the hotels are going to do, what the CDC is going to do, what, and, and maybe what other conferences, like the International Women's Brass Conference just canceled today. And it's, you know, exactly. the, I, I think ITG was going to be the week after, a week or two after that. So, you know, I, it doesn't look good, but I, I mean, I understand why. But, um, I mean, this is, Makes you, you see, know, it? yeah, well, this is, this is when we get to come together and really have a great time, you know, and, and yes. of course we hear great music, but I think the best part of the ITG conference is the chance to meet people. Like last year, I met Bruno Garcia. From had, Brazil, from I <laughs> no idea who he was. And I'm all of a sudden yeah. like, everybody knows Bruno. Everybody knows Bruno. Everybody. <laughs> You know, so uh, it was uh, it was a delight to meet him, and I interviewed him. His interview's coming out, uh, I think, in a week or two. All uh, right, that I that I did with him, and uh, yeah, but you know, these are opportunities. Um, I know we'll eventually get back to it. I just uh, missing this year was so. tough. Missing next year would be tough, but I hope so. And we need we need to try to. The thing I think I think we need to fight more as well for ourselves. We need to be more united uh, as musicians, as a music industry, and stop uh, as well. Stop a bit with with the thing. Ah, that guy that plays worse than me or better than me. And at the moment, we should all get together and try to to make them understand that they need us as well. Isn't it? For example, here today on the news. The, some ministers said they will not support music or any nightlife jobs because, yeah, yeah they, they, they just want to support the ones that can work. And as everything is closed after 10 p.m., it's not worth to support the music. They just said that on public. It's on, on TV. So it's, as you can imagine, they want to kill the arts anyway. Uh, and we need to find other ways. I'm playing on the streets at the moment. And I'm an orchestral player too, so well, whatever. And, and some of that is happening here. In fact, my wife and one of my sons, uh, they're both violin, violinists, they're doing a driveway concert this weekend. Awesome. You know, just standing, at, just standing outside and play. But that's not the same, right? That's, it's not. It's uh, not. But I, I want to go back. I agree with you. There's no reason for us to knock any, any fellow musician down. Exactly. And, and one, of, one of the things that I've really enjoyed seeing on Facebook is this positive trumpet, trumpeters worldwide. Yes. And the, the bud, not Corona. Have you yes. seen that? And what a great place for everybody to show up and play and be supported. And I'm thinking if anything has come out of that, that's good. There's, there's good right there. But, you know, it's uh, how do you, unless you're in Europe and state supported, You know, how are, how are we going to survive this? Because this is not the way it is in the States where all corporate sponsorships and, 
Yes. And, you know, the, they might find a better place to spend their money. Well, here is more or less the same, especially, for example, I'm Portuguese, but I play in England. So I'm in England for six years. But as a foreigner now with Brexit and everything, man, we are on our own. So we don't know. <laughs> in it. And I have kids. So it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Yeah. Even for yeah. the British people, it's, it's hard. But for us, that we are not from here, is worse. So more or less like you. So I hope yeah. this comes better. Um, oh, Larry, let me invite you. Do you want to teach a masterclass for our page on Facebook live on Zoom? <laughs> I would to? love to. Yes. All right. Okay. So let's do that. At least we will keep in contact and, and make things happen. So we just created the Portuguese Associ Trumpet Association. Uh, is the new thing. And we are making masterclasses there with the best in the world. Of course, Vince will be there. Ronald Rome has been interviewed okay. here as well. So all that people. And I want you to be there as well. Um, well, thank you. The, I will make you two last questions. One of them is technical, and the other one is the, the question that I finish all the interviews and you will see. So the technical is, what do you think is an healthy routine to your students? Now I'm talking about something that really is more or less for everyone, because I know a, a routine is not for everyone, but some fundamentals need to be there for everyone. So what do you think um, that fundamentals are? I, I want to start by saying uh, somebody I interviewed recently, Liesl Whitaker. She used to be the, the lead trumpet with the Army, Army Band. Um, she was saying, you know, she needs a routine because it's what a routine is what helps her get through the day. Okay. And, and so that's, I think I started thinking about that way. Routine just to me means making sure that you hit all the fundamentals. Maybe not in the same order every day. And maybe, you know, maybe you do Clark one, one day and Clark three the next day or Schlossberg 30 this day and 95 the next day, but that you're still addressing um, airflow. So whether you do long tones or the Chickowitz flow studies to start, does it matter? as long as you're doing something. Does it matter if you do the Clark studies or uh, some Vizzuti finger studies next? It doesn't matter as long as you start to incorporate, you know, the, the fingers into it. Does it matter if you do uh, the Arbenz flexibilities or Scott Belk's, uh, you know. I love that. Slow work, right? <laughs> I love <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, or Colin, but you know, the, the thing is that I try to make sure that I, I address these things on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And I try to get my students to do that too. And then really with routine, what, what my younger players don't understand is they don't have to do their entire practice at one time. Yes. And, and with their school schedules, sometimes, you know, I'll meet them for a lesson and they're like, well, you know, I tried to do two hours here and three hours here. I said, no, no, no. You know, do, do a 30 to 40 minute warm up slash fundamental routine, come back in an hour or two and then play through etudes, you know, technical yes. etudes, then come back and do, you know, whatever it is. But to break it up, again, I think that's part of a routine. The daily routine is just addressing what needs to be addressed on a regular basis. Because if you're going to expect to make any progress, it's the regularity that, that has to be part of that. Because muscle memory here, mental memory, oral memory, all of that, if you don't keep it going, you're going to lose, you're going to lose it. 
you will. So, you will. Wait. Yeah. So that that's that's my focus. Did I answer that? Okay. Yes. Yes. You did. You did. That's that's the thing I wanted. Some people say it's technical. Some people say, but most of the greatest trumpeters we have here, they they say what you said is the fundamentals always, because that needs to be there. And I totally agree. I like to learn, and some people has different opinions. And so now let me ask you the last question, Larry. The last question here is never about music. It can be related, but is how, how, so this is a message for the younger generation. For what we are watching in the world nowadays, in the music industry, uh, everyone, João Mogo is a great trumpet player from Portugal, from the, the Al orchestra in Algarve, South Portugal. He's saying totally for what you said. Uh, so this, this message is about how to be a good colleague, a good friend, a good teacher, a good student, a good human being. So how to live together as musicians, exactly what we spoke before. Uh, doesn't matter who plays better, who plays worse. We are humans. We need to live together independently of anything. So what is your message to this young generation uh, according to what you you see in your students every day, for example? Wow. That's a big question. It is. <laughs> It's um, always hard. Let me address the human being part of that first. I think it doesn't matter what your politics are. Um, let politics remain politics. You're my brother or you're my sister, and I need to treat you like, like that. We may disagree on certain things, but it doesn't yes. mean we have to beat each other down or hate each other. And disagreeing is okay. But it's, yes. when, it's, when, it's when things turn ugly that I think this is, this is uh, it's what's going to be the end of us. So I think, if anything, just be, be gracious and merciful towards others and let, hopefully will be towards you and encouraging. I mean, you said it earlier, this, and this is the time to be encouraging everyone. All the yes. time is the time to be encouraging to everyone. Yes. And, you know, I, I look at, uh, I probably could be making a lot more money if I had done something besides music. Yes. But, but you and I both have seen the value and not just money, but the value in being a musician, being an artist, being a teacher, a performer, right? It's it, when you, when you understand that and appreciate that in yourself, then that is easier to support others. You have to believe in your, and encourage yourself first And then you can, you can be, I, now I can be an encourager to you, right? That's, so I think we've, we've got to make sure we take care of ourselves and, and be healthy in our approach to music and to life. And it makes it a lot easier to, uh, to spend time with others. Because like you said, being a good colleague, being a good friend, all of that, all of that's important. All the other stuff is, it's, it's, uh, It's noise. Yes, exactly. Secondary. I always, I always tell that. It's easier to get a job in an orchestra if you are a nice guy that plays well, yeah. that if you are a superstar that plays really well, but you are an asshole. Sorry to say the word. But so it's yeah. easier. So sometimes playing really, really well is not the most important thing. Rex said that on his message, for example. And Ronald said the same. And Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So that's why I'm asking this because it's good for people here in Europe to see because in Europe we live a lot the American dream. So America, the orchestras, we want to go. But we need to see how you think there. 
Because if we go there with some mentality that we are having here, that's why Europe is going down at the moment. It's not yeah. just, as you said, uh, uh, in terms of politics, it's not just the, the politics or the government. The government starts down on us. So they were, one time they were one of us in it. That's why they are there now. So we need to change everything to, yeah. to get there. Larry. Uh, I don't know if you are a Christian or not, but it seems to me that you are. Yes, yes I yes. could say, and me too. Okay, you said a few <laughs> things there that uh, I could feel it straight away. I'm, I'm a Christian too. Um, thank you so much for, um, for your time, Larry. And yes, you are my brother, and and I'm really happy to to meet you. Uh, a big hug to Artur Barroso, maestro. He's a conductor and a trumpet player. Is there? Is saying sending you a heart. Okay. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you so much, Larry. I will post Thanks this on Facebook and we will keep in touch. All Thanks right. so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Tune in next week for another great interview. And one last reminder that you can help support this podcast by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com slash studiohfl. Your support would be most appreciated. And another special thanks to Messina Covers, the Eastman Music Company, and Pickett Blackburn for their support of this podcast. Thanks again. Now, go practice. <laughs>